The Seeking Pathways podcast is a series of interviews with artists, curators, musicians, and activists. It focuses on the subject stories of overcoming barriers in the world of art while finding their artistic voice in the process. This series is presented by the 22nd edition of the Art Matters Festival. This interview is with Esther Kalixby, also known as Queen Ezzy online. We discuss her work, which includes visual art of many different mediums, such as painting and self-portraiture and body hair activism. You can find her on Instagram at Queen Ezzy and also at Artist Ezzy. All right, so thank you so much for being here today with me. And I guess without further ado, we can start our first question. So can you share an early memory of making a piece of artwork? Perhaps something from childhood that you have fond memories of? Um, I was always like, I really always loved art since I was like a little kid. Um, but really a really good memory was like a whole sketchbook. I still have it. And it's just like, at the time when I was a kid, like before high school, I wanted to be like a cartoonist. And so I, I really liked, you know, like when you see objects together and you can kind of like imagine a creature or a monster. So I would always like create these really weird creatures in that sketchbook. And that's just how I was as a kid. I would like see a shadow or like see like just fog on the window or something like that. And I just like would create a monster. And so that was like my earliest, like, drawing experiences that I really, really enjoyed doing as a kid. Um, but then it's like when I got to high school, that's when I really started painting and I was like, I wanna be a painter. <laughs> that's so amazing. And I'm curious um, if there was like a cartoon that you like to watch that you can remember, like something that was your so, favorite. So many cartoons, honestly, <laughs> there are a lot of cartoons, um, but I guess Totally Spies, just so many, <laughs> so many. <laughs> totally spies was great it's a great cartoon um yeah and it's so it's so um fascinating to me that you were able to sort of like pull from everyday life things that you were seeing to create like you know creatures and fantastical things and yeah to me that's just such a fascinating way to um to start an artistic practice if you think about like going all the way back and like tracing a thread um yeah that's really great thank you for sharing that um yeah, so I guess that leads nicely into my next question, which is, can you tell me about a particular artwork or moment in your practice that had a big impact on the direction of your artistic development? So maybe it was a particular painting that really clicked, or maybe you sort of had like an aha moment that just ignited a spark. Yeah, maybe just like a memory of creating an artwork like that. Yeah, there's an artwork I often talk about. Um, it's called and I made this painting when I was a Dawson in visual arts. Uh, and it's basically a painting of myself um, having flower coming out of my back. And that's really my first aha moment. Um, because before I was still kind of discovering my style, discovering myself. And I didn't know exactly, I, I knew it was important as an artist to have a style so that people could recognize your work. And so I wasn't there yet when I was in college. And so when I created that work, I kind of realized that I had moments where, um, well, this particular moment was really when I was like really dealing with, you know, beauty standards and all that stuff, really struggling with my own appearance. And so when I created that work, kind of like, you know, beauty is pain, you know. And so really talking about how I felt like I was suffering and I was struggling in my appearance, having to look like 
the ideal woman or having to feel like I want to be desired, you know, or, or be wanted. And so creating that work and kind of expressing just how like my journey with shaving and waxing and the and and what my family used to repeat to me that I had to suffer in order to be beautiful and having to question that like why do I have to suffer I don't enjoy this process I don't enjoy having to like kind of destroy my body to to feel beautiful or to just something that I had to do because I was a woman and so um so when I created that work that's when I like it, it, it became like kind of stronger than me uh, and it, it just happened. I created the work and I was like, whoa, I, I didn't know I could create, you know, a work based on how I was feeling and, and because I was very, very shy. And so I wasn't able to express, you know, exactly what I wanted to to say. And so through painting, um, that's when I realized, like, I can really express what I'm going through through like this image. So that was really my aha moment. That's really it was the beginning of like in a sense, my artistic practice, you know, it wasn't fully there yet, but it really did happen that sometimes I would express what I'm going through or, or paint an image of a woman that was hairy and, but wasn't able to say it's based on me because I didn't feel comfortable yet. But uh, when I was like in uni and stuff like that, I wasn't, I still wasn't that comfortable, but it did happen when I painted a woman that was hairy, but yeah, but it was just these small moments of like me wanting to be free or be myself, but not having the right tools or not being ready yet. And so, uh, yeah, I think I think that really painting really helped me in that sense. Yeah, that's such a, um, I find that to just be such a beautiful um, story and a beautiful memory. And I would be curious um, sort of what you felt like, what your emotion, what your emotional journey was like while you were creating that painting. So, you know, what, what sort of like came about during the process of, of that work and maybe like other works? Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned sort of like feeling more free and like building towards something. So yeah, maybe you could tell me a little bit more about that. Um, in that time period, um, I guess growing up, I thought that art was like realism. <laughs> and so I thought I was gonna be a realist painter. And I didn't kind of, I didn't quite understand artists like Picasso and the ones I would do abstract, I didn't understand that to me, it wasn't art, you know? And so um, I, I felt like I was really struggling with, you know, myself, but also my identity as an artist, because every time I was creating realism, I it, it was like so frustrating. I hated painting realism. And it took me years to understand that I am not a realist painter, <laughs> you know? And it's not that I couldn't paint realistically, it's just, it wasn't me and it was too, it felt too forced. And so um, when I created it full Quen Bell, it really looked like me, you know, but it just obviously I was going through that frustration because I was trying to paint realistically, but also I was also going through um, this emotional turmoil in a sense because I was trying to express what I was going through, but I knew that I wouldn't be able to really talk about the work when people would ask me. And so having to present it was a bit scary. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said exactly, but I'm pretty sure I just described the work and said, well, that's a person with flower coming out of back. But I couldn't say like it was about me and what I was going through. So I didn't express, uh, you know, the body hair thing. And so um, for me, it was it was really like that. And even like in, when I was in uni, I was still I still thought I was a realist painter and I wasn't. And it really took like I guess it really took a, a teacher to kind of get me out of the realism. Kind of thing. I don't know if we should talk about that part. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's such um, 
it, it's such a fascinating parallel to me. And, you know, for, from my perspective, I think painting is kind of like this magical thing because we can tell ourselves that we are one thing and that our painting should look a certain way, but it's almost like, I don't know, it's almost like who we are inside sort of has something to say about that. So, you know, try as we might to be a realistic painter, as you were saying, it's almost as if we have this other sort of potential within us. And then once we kind of just like let that flow, you know, it can take us down a whole journey that we wouldn't, we didn't even know. So I think that that's, yeah, to me, that's just really profound. Um, yeah, it's, it sounds like you were just kind of letting things flow. And from there, it just took you down this, this whole new path. Um, and it's great that you mentioned teachers and mentors because that's our next question. Um, have you ever had a teacher or mentor who you felt was particularly impactful or inspiring for your artwork? If so, can you recall a moment or lesson that sticks out to you? I have, I have like several moments. I think there's one moment in, uh, um, in Dawson where a teacher uh, kind of forced us <laughs> I love when teachers force us to do things, you know, that's out of our comfort zone. She kind of forced us to paint like on a large painting. I think it was like, it was just like, was it 48 by 60 something like that? And it was really large. Like most of us were always painting small. And that moment I was like so scared. And once I really did that, I was like, oh my gosh, I love painting. I understand now I love painting on a big canvas. And it was just, just a teacher forcing us to do this. And like, you know, I always used to paint small and now I have a hard time painting small. <laughs> like it does happen, I try, but like, I just like big canvases now, you know? But then when I got to um, uni, there was a particular teacher, uh, Bernard, who uh, was really, he also forced us to, <laughs> to like, for the next project, he was like, don't use images, don't look at images anymore. Cause he was tired that people would always use images as references. And he was more of like an abstract kind of, artist and he was like he was really tired that we kept using images and so I was like okay I'm going to take it seriously but other students were just like nah, I'm just looking to use an image and I was like I'm going to take it seriously and I'm going to see what I can do without an image and just like you know go find inspiration and like have it but not look at it while I'm creating and so in that moment I created this weird creature person <laughs> and I was like whoa this it really stuck like it really stuck you know, it, it makes like a light bulb kind of turned on in my head and we had to use other like uh, mediums, like other like fabric. I, I used fabric to, you know, I painted, but I also used fabric on it and yarn. And so kind of like him forcing us to kind of like get out of a comfort zone, not use images and like use other elements, like instead of just paint and, and things like that. I, I really like pushed me to realize that I have this I have something in me that I've been like kind of like holding back and and preventing from creating and that really uh was a beginning to me kind of painting from my imagination a little bit because I used to also often like paint myself and, and things like that and I thought you know painting black people is important which it still is in my work <laughs> that's very important um but um I didn't know exactly what I was gonna be or who I was in, in my um, artistic practice. And like when he did that, I had, I was really kind of like, it was really an important moment in my in my process. And so I remember I for one summer, I was like, I'm just gonna create two paintings completely from my imagination. I'm just gonna paint. And I was just like, whoa, I really like this. <laughs> I really, really like this. And it, it really took years though, it really took years. I, I think like by 2018, that's when I really found my, my style in the sense where I, I really understood that uh, my imagination was something I really need to, needed to focus on because there was a lot in there. And it was also when I realized that I had lost a big part of my childhood 
like a big part of that creativity that I used to have because as a kid I used to draw creatures and things like that but also I loved to write I would write stories like I had so many notebooks with stories I used to write you know and I wouldn't finish <laughs> but I had so many things and I used to really be into like mangas so I used to draw a lot of mangas back then as well and so I kind of lost all that all the storytelling elements the the kind of like the joy of writing stories and so from when I started like really going into like more imagination and like creating uh women that from my mind you know uh that's when I was like oh my gosh you know I really need to bring storytelling back but I'm still like I'm trying to you know and, and I do do like paint stories in my work and then and, and stuff like that because that's really important I like I like doing that um but yeah it's like I there even like a Cynthia Girard, she's kind of like a mentor for me as well. And um, also I thought she was a really important teacher in, in my practice because I felt like she really pushed me and, and she saw potential. She was like, you could do better. You could do more than this, you know? And it's just like, I feel like it's really important when a teacher can see that you can do more, but you're kind of like holding back and you're not trying to experiment as much as you should. And I think a lot of times when it comes to like school, we like, as students, we want to be a certain way, but we don't realize that at school, we, this is our moment to experiment before we get out of school into the real world. We can experiment and try different things and try to figure out what we, who we want to be as artists. And so a lot of times we take it so seriously and, and it's, it's totally normal because they're like, that's what I do. That's who I am. But we don't actually know who we are yet, you know, as artists. And that's why we're at school to kind of learn these different things. Hopefully that we have teachers that are really pushing us and, uh, forcing us to do things that we don't usually do and, and like putting out putting us out of our comfort zone and and really also seeing potential in what we do and, and uh, bringing us in the right direction um yeah because it's obviously very difficult especially during critiques um it's very hard to take in everything's everything people are saying um because sometimes it's not always con constructive like criticism and so we have to be able to kind of like dissect what everyone says and really um use uh the things that we feel uh will actually make our art advance and also listen to others be inspired by others and that was the great part about school because there's so many artists around you you could see so much art every single day and now that i'm out it's like i have to really go to galleries and, and museums but before it's like everyone's just kind of like working all in the space together you know yeah well that's it's so um it's so wonderful that you have all these um memories like several different mentors it seems who um who pushed you and i think to me that's maybe kind of like where the sort of scary part of painting is because when you first get that push from a professor it's kind of scary like tackling a big canvas for the first time like you said it can be <laughs> like terrifying right mm -hmm. um and sometimes we might even <laughs> not resent, but sometimes we're like, oh my God, why is my professor making me do this? This is like terrifying, this is difficult. Um, sometimes you might not even understand at the outset, like why our professor is pushing us to paint big or, you know, giving us this sometimes harsh, you know, feedback, right? But I think, um, like you said, it's because our professors see something in us, like see a, a potential. Um, and to me, something that was sort of uh, coming across that you were saying was just this idea of imagination um like this this big imagination that you carry and you needed or maybe not needed but perhaps the mentors that you were mentioning helped you to express all this imagination um that you have onto the canvas and to me that's like a really powerful powerful thing 
Um, yeah, and as for, um, you know, being surrounded by art every day, um, it's interesting because as students, um, we are surrounded by our peers and we're working together and it's a really great environment. But as you said, sometimes, um, you know, maybe we can get lost or something like that because there's just so much art around us and so much feedback and, you know, maybe it's not always the best feedback. So, you know, I think it, it seems to me like, you know, after moving on from university, moving on from Concordia, you've been able to like dissect, as you said, like everything and really find something, um, you, you know, really start to continue to find yourself. Um, yeah. So that, that to me is just like really sort of like, um, yeah, I find that beautiful, honestly, like a beautiful story. Um, yeah, and so we have one last question. Um, and maybe I'll adapt this question a little bit sort of to follow up. Um, but I was just curious if you could tell me um, what big changes, the question that I have is what big changes and shifts would you like to see in the world of art? But we've sort of focused more on your life story, I think. So maybe um, I'll leave that open and you could tell me if you're okay with that, just a little bit about where you see your art going in the future. Yeah, well, ever since I became a body hair activist and I thought it was very important to include hairy women and not just hair that's like on your like armpit hair and leg hair, hair that we see, but hair in different places that women don't usually want to let others see. And so I thought it was important because I got to kind of understand that um, photography is a powerful tool. Uh, photography was used to kind of like brainwash us into thinking certain things are ugly, certain things are beautiful. And so I understood that in painting that was also needed because we didn't see much of that as well in the art world. And, but what I would really want to see, I think that when you think about like Quebec, we're not very far when it comes to like diversity. We just had like Manuel Mathieu, um, you know, I think he was like probably the first black artist. I had his solo exhibition, like, and there's also Stanley Fibier now in uh, the museum in Quebec. And so it's just like, so it it's almost feels like it just started. And it's just like, there's so much that has to be done. My dream would be one day to be in those spaces as well. That's what I want. And it's just like, are we there yet? You know, I feel, I feel like as black people, we have to push so much because people don't, necessarily feel the need to have us in spaces in these spaces until we really push until we really like really get into those spaces and and kind of try to convince them that yes it's necessary to to have us here we're there we're making arts you know don't ignore us and so it's so much sweat and tears in order to create that change and, and a lot of you know kind of like veterans in a sense but like professional artists uh black artists that have, that have been pushing and making that difference and it's just like finally doors are opening and it's just so it's like it's i'm happy but it, it they worked so hard to make this happen and so i'm just like i really hope that you know they're not going to try to close those doors after but we're still pushing to have those spaces for us because you know, we are part of, we're, we're Canadians too. We're, we're the, we're Québécois, you know? And so we, we, we need those spaces too, to, to kind of like, people need to discover what we're, what we're making and not be, because a lot of people are so ignorant because we don't have those spaces. They're not, they're not showing these people that are here. And so this ignorance just keeps on going. This racism just keeps on going because we're not allowing these discussions to be had, but also, um, 
questions with like beauty and, and things like that it's 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 not just like in the art world but also like just in general in fashion it's just so much to be done <laughs> so much work so much pushing and, and it's just like sometimes there are opportunities but sometimes it's just the people that are you know in their the powerful positions don't want that to happen they're thinking more about you know business money and and you know they're not trying to be revolutionary they're not trying to uh be radical they don't want to be radical they just want to stay in that that bubble that we're in that most women are suffering in instead of actually creating that change so that you know young girls can 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 love themselves and, and be strong in their identity and, and you know and have that space to talk about why they feel a certain way about their body and understand where that feeling comes from because a lot of times we're just like oh well, it's just like that. We just have to shave, but why? Like, like it's why do we have to do this? Why is it okay, like on a man, but not on me? On me, it's not hygienic, but you don't even know why, you know. And as soon as you ask a man this, you're like, okay, so on me, it's not hygienic, but on you, it is, right? Is it's, it's still defined? And it's just like they they're, they're startled a bit by that question because they're like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And we know once we have that conversation, it doesn't make sense. And so it's just like. What do we do now? We're, it's not like because body hair is still a, a very, very, very big taboo and it hasn't been talked about enough. Uh, and so there's a lot to, to, you know, a lot that has to happen in the fashion industry, but also in the art world. But I feel like in the art world, it's a bit obviously it's very different from the fashion world, but I, I feel like I, we, I could still, you know, I feel like their door is opening and, um, you know, change will happen. And I, I feel very uh, hopeful and, you know, I've, I've done, I feel like I, I've had a solo exhibition and, you know, with, with the hairy women in there. And so there's a lot, there's a lot of things that can be done. And I think that um, people are now seeking a lot of diversity as well, seeking something new, especially during the pandemic. We want to feel something uh, when we enter our art space. We want to see something different and not see the same things that we're constantly seeing or the same artists. And so it's really uh, for people to, to want to see that and to want something new and to, you know, the audiences or, you know, the visitors to really want new, new, new stuff. And uh, I guess that will push uh, for new stuff. <laughs> For new, for new artists, for artists that are making things, uh, different things that have, you know, something to share, something to talk about uh, that uh, can really make our society advance and heal. Yes. Um, yeah. Wow. Such a such a poignant and beautiful um, answer to this question. Um, yeah. I think um, something that really struck me about that is, yeah, just something new, a breath of fresh air. And maybe, um, you know, throughout this pandemic, I, I think that you're exactly right. Like we need new artists and we need new different voices in these spaces, absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know, having to push so hard just to be heard and just to have your voice heard um, is so difficult, right? Like it can be very emotional, um, but I think that it's great that you have hope um, that you know, these spaces are starting to open, these new doors are starting to open, you know, finally, after mm -hmm. so long, you know, after so many years. Um, but but yeah, it's it's just um, yeah, I find that beautiful um, that we can have a breath of fresh air, you know, emerging from you know the pandemic, a really hard time in so many people's lives. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, that's amazing. <laughs>